0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready.
1: Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: To share a little bit of information with you. Um, people are sending me emails saying, how, uh, how hot is it in southern Ontario? We're getting a lot of those from uh, western Canada. Well, it's hot. Um, we just heard that the Humidex in southern Ontario is 40 degrees Celsius. So in other words, it feels like 40 degrees Celsius. And my theory has always been if it feels like 40, it is 40. So how do you, for those who are still operating in Fahrenheit and have a sense of like the bigger number here's how you convert from celsius to fahrenheit works every time you take the celsius number you double it you subtract the first digit and you add 32 and you'll always get the accurate equivalent fahrenheit temperature to the celsius temperature so if it's 40 you double that it's 80 you remove the first digit which brings it down to 72 you add 32 and you end up with 104. That's what it feels like in Southern Ontario today. Hello everybody, Green Show for the weekend on the Chorus Radio Network. A little later on we'll be speaking with the Megs Reynolds, the Saskatchewan farmer and blogger, with two young daughters, whose blog to uh, Justin Trudeau went viral on Twitter and uh, YouTube and she continues to um, press the Prime Minister on his tax fairness issue and joining Meg Reynolds will be senator Denise Batters who was with us a couple of weeks ago and uh, she's also from Saskatchewan she's challenged the Trudeau Morneau combo in parliament on the supposed tax fairness I'll actually have two conversations with the senator because a couple of days ago she got into a an exchange with her counterpart from the Liberal Party in question period in the Senate about the $10.5 million that the liberals under Justin Trudeau awarded Omar Khadr. And uh, Senator Batters was not accepting maybes for an answer. She pursued it with the liberal senator, and we'll play that back for you, and then you can decide who actually won the debate or the exchange. I don't think there's any doubt, so she'll be with us for that as well. Uh, There's so much coming up. We're going to begin with the, uh, the German election takes place this weekend, and it appears that the biggest issue for the German electorate is the one that has to do with the immigration and, uh, and migrants, um, refugee uh, appeals and, and migrants entering Germany. The chancellor, Angela Merkel, of course, invited all refugees to make their way, and refugee claimants to make their way to Germany and it has a, had an impact uh, on the, on the on the country and there's some reports uh, that are circulating in canadian media which seem to suggest everything is just fine but according to my guest who is in germany now and is observing the election the reports in canada are not necessarily what he's seeing jeremy hexham is a phd student at the university of calgary his specialty is political communication and he's working as a volunteer for a cdu candidate in Berlin, in Berlin, and that's the um, Christian Democratic Union Party. Jeremy, thank you for the time. The CDU is Angela Merkel's party, correct?
1: Yes, the Christian Democrats, that's Angela Merkel's party. Christian Democrats. Yes, and it's one of 34 political parties in Germany, although only seven of them are actually expected to get in. And just to explain a little bit about the Christian Democrats, they are all over Germany except in Bavaria, where they're called the Christian Social Union. And so they're sister parties, they're different parties, but they sort of work together, and it's really confusing.
0: So you've got 34 political parties. Are they all running candidates somewhere in Germany?
1: Well, this is the interesting thing about the German system. No, they're not. Um, You have the two ballots. So you have your first ballot where you get to directly uh, elect your representative, like we do in Canada, and then your second ballot goes to your political party. Now, under the German system, you have to either get three direct elected members or 5% of the vote. So if you were a political party that was able to get three members elected and only got 2% or 3% of the vote, you would get that 3%. Uh, If you don't get the 5% and don't get anyone in, you don't get in. Uh, This is what happened in 2013 when the Free Democratic Party was only able to get 4.8% of the vote. And so they are not currently in the Bundestag, the federal uh, parliament. Wow. Wow. And then you look at the party like the Green Party, which got 8.4% of the vote, uh, so they were able to get 62 seats, but they also elected one member, so they have 63 seats in the Bundestag. Now, the other interesting thing about the German election system is that it's supposed to be equal, 299 direct votes, uh, direct members, and 299 uh, members from party ballots. Unfortunately, you have something called overhanging seats, which makes it out that they try to give everyone equal number of seats. So instead of having 598 seats, there are currently 630 seats in the Bundestag because of the extra 32 overhang seats.
0: I'm getting a headache.
1: Yes, it's I mean, this me this years to figure this out.
0: This makes it, this makes first past the post seem entirely appropriate and completely reasonable by comparison. Oh.
1: I've got to tell you, I've I've always loved the German political system. I think it's a great way of doing it. And then I learned about the overhang seats, which makes the elected members have less power and Several people in Germany uh, of all political parties have actually told me that a lot of these political part- these member- elected members, are out of touch with reality because they're on list systems and they have no idea what's actually going on. So, uh, yeah, my view, <laughs> imagine
0: that a system. politician with no idea what's going on.
1: Yeah, and this is, this, and, and it's, I'm hearing it from a lot of people. And like yeah. I said, I always thought this was a fantastic system. Yeah, I, st- I still have very uh, positive feelings for the German political system, but it does uh, get a little confusing. All
0: right, so tell us, please, what is likely to happen. Is Angela Merkel going to be back as the Chancellor of Germany? And if you're the Chancellor of Germany, is that the equivalency to being Prime Minister of Canada or President of the United States?
1: It's equivalent to being the prime minister, and Angela Merkel is expected to get approximately 34 to 40 percent of the vote. Uh, and, you'll ha- and in German politics, there are all, with one exception, there have always been coalition governments. The one exception was in 1957. Uh-huh. So Angela Merkel will have to form a coalition. Why is with that? Another par- uh, just the way the system is set up with the double votes, they don't let one party take over because of certain issues that happened in the 1930s. Right. They wanted to make sure it was fair and representative. Okay. And you know, we may not know who the government actually is for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, or even a couple of months because it takes that long to negotiate the different parties.
0: Okay, so um, so you get the voting. Okay. The voting is over, but now the parties have to negotiate with one another about what sort of coalitions they're going to form, yeah. and hopefully they'll be able to do form a coalition that will give them the, the government of the country. Will provide them with the with, with, with the option to govern. Is yeah. uh, is is Merkel? Now look, the issue of, of migrants and the issue of immigration and the issue of refugees. When I look at stories that run in this country or in the United States, but particularly here, it seems to me, at least I'm reading, that everything is just perfect. Everything is just working out perfectly well in Germany. Although I had a a guest, a university professor from the United States on a few weeks ago, and she's worked with refugee organizations for decades, and she painted an entirely different picture. She painted a a picture of violence violence. And a picture of fear, criminal activity, and she painted a picture of governments and police organizations sweeping everything under the rug. Who's telling the truth?
1: Well, I mean, I've got to tell you, I read, I've been reading what the, or I've been listening to what the other national network uh, in Canada says, the BBC and the Globe and Mail, and I just think they're totally out of whack. If If things were so wonderful, you wouldn't have the AFD doing so well. And the AFD is the alternative for Deutschland. They are a far-right party um, that the current uh, foreign minister, Sigmund Gabriel, who's a member of the Social Democratic Party, has basically said even if you elect elect them, you'll be electing the Nazis back in. There's a real fear about this party, although they're not actually – as right wing as they come across. But I mean yes, this is the problem. This is the issue. The only issue in this election has been immigration and how we deal with it. Mm -hmm. Uh and people are upset. And uh a friend of mine who I've been working with said the you know, the thing about Germans is they like to smoke, they like to drink too much and they like to drive too fast and they like to defy the political establishment. And there's a real fear about this with the migrants. I mean, it's gone to the point where the Linka, which is the left party, the post-communists, have actually this week come out and said, "Yes, we're we're all in favour of open borders." But, you know, maybe we should uh, cut down the amount of people who are coming in. Mm. Uh, This last week I was in...
0: uh, How many, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how many people are, how many migrants and how many refugee claimants are still coming into Germany on a regular basis? Because my understanding was, and correct me if I don't understand this properly, but the Germans were trying to stop the migration in Austria and using Austria as a buffer.
1: I don't know enough about that. I know there's a million refugees in right now, and they're constantly coming, Right, uh, but I don't know the exact situation. I but that is, that is the really issue, does. right? Yeah, I don't okay. think anyone really does, because you hear one thing, and then you hear something completely different, yeah. and... So there's no real evidence. You're not hearing exactly what's going on.
0: Okay, are people telling the truth about how they feel about the refugee issue and the the migrant issue, or is it being massaged? Because what I heard the vice chancellor of Germany say a few weeks ago is that any German who opposes the migrants or the refugee claimants in Germany should be put in
1: prison. Yes, and, and Angela Merkel and the CDU have basically said, if you if you don't agree with us and you're right right of us, then you're a Nazi. And so wow. I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the polls say that the AFD is going to get uh, between eight and twelve percent. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm looking at this similarly to what happened with the U.S. presidential election. You know, the minute Mitt Romney started coming out saying nasty things about Trump and how it was this thing, I said, yep, yeah, Trump's going to win. Yeah. And I'd gone to a shopping center and said to somebody that I have known for years, I thought Trump was going to win, and they almost took off my head. And I think people are too scared to admit how they feel if they're going to vote for uh, the AFD. Okay. Jeremy, so let me... We could, see, we could see the AFD doing quite well.
0: Let me get you to hold on. We're going to see if we can improve the uh, the phone line quality. Oh, I'm sorry about Je- that. No, that's not your fault. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's universal. Uh, we'll come back with uh, Jeremy Hexam. He's from, uh, Calber- uh, from Calgary. He's a uh, University of Alberta PhD student, uh, and uh, he is in Germany. His specialty is political communication. He's in Germany working as a, a volunteer uh, doing the grunt work and learning about the German system, um, and he's there to, uh, w- with the ruling party. Well, he's not-, not with them. He's observing what's going on. We'll come back and we'll talk to uh, Jeremy about really what's going on in, in, uh, in Germany. And is there is there a chance that, like Donald Trump, won in the United States last November, is there a chance that this AfD party could win tomorrow in Germany? We'll come right back. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side too. This is the
1: Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com and uh, follow me on Twitter at the Roy Show. Jeremy Hexham is my guest. He's joining us from Berlin, where he's working as a volunteer in the German election for the... uh, What's the party, the CDU party?
1: CDU, the Christian Democratic Union.
0: Yeah, so, and the election is tomorrow.
1: The election is tomorrow. Uh, Polls are open from 8 to 6, and at 6 o'clock German time, the polls close and instantly we have results uh, from the uh, exit polls. And then throughout the evening, the actual numbers will come in. And I really do have to apologize if the phone line is bad. One of the issues in this campaign uh, that they've tried to bring up with the FTP has tried to bring up is Internet infrastructure, because Germany actually has the lowest adoption of fiber optics. They still use K- uh, K- um, copper for- and the Internet is terrible. The roads, are the you know, everyone's heard how great the Autobahn is. Right. The Autobahn's in terrible shape because it's been neglected. So, unfortunately, I really apologize if the phone line's bad.
0: No, no, it's not, it's not your fault. It's infrastructure. We don't have the greatest roads or, uh, or phone, phone infrastructure in this country. Now, the political parties, Jeremy, they're all focused on the issue of immigration, migration, refugees... Are they doing that because that's what they want to talk about or are they doing that because they're being led in that direction by the
1: German people? Well, this is the, that's the main political parties. You've also got right. uh, a bunch of other little parties. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm talking
0: about the ones that have a chance yeah. of doing something.
1: The uh, they're they're doing it because of the Alternative for Germany. AfD has just been pushing this issue nonstop for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I said before the break, but Stolika, the left party, actually has had to come around and sort of say, okay, maybe we need to start putting some numbers on these people. And they've sort of started having to say that because there has been this issue. And and it's it's just it's you it's it's interesting just going around Germany. One of my favorite places is Alexanderplatz and you know i've always felt extremely safe there it's a they've got a great technology store that i love going to they've got great shopping and alexanderplatz has now become crime center for berlin and last weekend or two weekends ago there was uh, two stabbings over two nights that sent eight people to hospital and it's these refugees fighting among themselves and and injuring other people and getting people involved even going on the u-bahn and the s-bahn the underground and above ground you know, they're always hanging out at the transit stations, and it's just not as safe as it once was. And so, this has become the issue, and people are wanting to talk about it. And uh, in Bavaria, they've said that sexual report, uh, assault reports have gone up by 49%. And again, it is sort of being swept under the rug that people don't really want to talk about these issues, or the main political parties aren't really wanting to say what's really going on. And when you observe things, um, it's completely different from what the media is saying. I mean, the Globe and Mail reported last week that uh, 325,000 refugee children had been integrated into the school system, and a week earlier, I had actually spoken to uh, some teachers who said, no, that's not at all. They're not integrating. There's major problems. The schools are not getting the money. These children don't speak German. They're not interested in speaking German, and it's causing all sorts of problems.
0: Wow. So so if you have a the youngest generation... With the immediate opportunity to integrate, because kids are usually best at that sort of thing, yeah. and if that's not happening, that's the precursor for some really significant challenges going forward, I would think. Yes, it is. So, is this uh, this party, this uh, this uh, AFD, AFD party? Are they would they be like the German equivalent of Marine Le Pen's Front National?
1: Well, you know, people have tried to say that. People have tried to uh, attribute them to the UKIP, and they're not quite that right wing. I mean, they've got some very great moderates, and they've got some radical wingnuts in there as well, like all political parties do. Right. Uh, but they've, because they're right of the CDU, they've been labeled this way. In fact, the current lead candidate, so, so the main political parties, the SPD and the CDU, have chancellor candidates. And the other political parties have lead candidates, and most of them have two, a male and a female. And the uh, lead candidate for the AFD is actually a lesbian who's living with a Malaysian-born woman, and they have two adopted children, and she speaks fluent English and fluent Mandarin. And so this party that's supposed to be this right-wing pro-family party has this as their leader. So they're getting this different viewpoint.
0: Jeremy, can you stay with us a little longer? Yes, okay, I'm going to take a break and come back and talk to you some more because one of the questions I have is what impact will the German election have on Europe on the rest of the of the continent? This is a, uh, I mean, this is the the driving economy in Europe, and whatever happens in Germany happens to the rest of the continent and has an impact globally. More with uh, Jeremy Hexham from Berlin right after this compassionate caring and cuddly this
1: is the roy green show on the chorus radio network
0: point the cannon at you. As Lenny Bruce who said, I hate small towns because once you've seen the cannon in the park, what else is there? Roy Greenshow on the Chorus Radio Network. People are sending emails and asking about uh, that formula to convert Celsius to Fahrenheit. I'll share that again with you a little later on the program. Works every single time. My guest is uh, Jeremy Hexham. Jeremy is a PhD candidate at the University of Calgary. His specialty is political communication, and he's working as a volunteer for a CDU candidate in Berlin. That's Angela Merkel's party. The German people will vote tomorrow in their federal election. And what is going to happen? How will it turn out? Is there the possibility of a Donald Trump-like victory for the um, many saying it's a, it's a very right-wing party, Jeremy saying not so much. But Jeremy is there the opportunity is there the the chance and remember the New York Times in the morning of November the 8th of last year said I think there was a 92% chance that that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election we know what happened is there uh, uh, is there any kind of chance that Germans may wake up uh, on uh, on Monday morning and find themselves with an entirely new governmental structure new parties running things
1: yes and no yes because there could be a new coalition between the christian democratic union the afd and the green party and that's what people are predicting as smaller coalition parties and it should note that the fdp and the green party can't stand each other but there is no way that the alternative for germany will actually get enough seats to form government so yes there will probably be a new government uh, because right now it's a, co- a grand coalition between the CDU and the Social Democrats, but nothing uh, nothing radical, I don't think.
0: Okay, now, what impact will the German election have on the continent, on the rest of, of Europe?
1: Well, there's a great quote I love. I think Lenin said it and said, he who controls Berlin controls Germany and he who controls Germany controls Europe. And I think we've seen that uh, in the last number of years with Germany having one of the strongest economies in Europe. Um, And Angela Merkel as leader has shown stability. You've got to give her credit for that. Um, So I I don't think, I mean, with Angela Merkel still in power, uh, I don't think we have to worry too much. It just depends, again, how the AFD does and how the other political parties do, whether Angela Merkel sticks around for the entire term or if something happens. I mean, I was told that last year... There was almost a coup in the CDU with the immigration issue, and they were trying to be a booter at one point. And so, if the AFD does much better than everyone expects, uh, Angela Merkel could be in a lot of trouble and might not survive the entire four year term. Uh, If they do worse than everyone expects, could survive, and the FTP uh, could put some, r- sort of some restrictions on how uh, the government works. So it's 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 very much in the air, but it's also very stable in a lot of ways. We're not expecting a major upset like Donald Trump would have.
0: Um, if it weren't for the immigration issue, and if it weren't for the refugee question, and if it weren't for the migrant issues, and is, it, is the number about a million people who've entered Germany since 2015?
1: Well, that's what they claim, although uh, when I I actually met with some people from the AFB last week, and they said, well, that's a million that's come in as refugees, but they've all now brought in their families. And, oh, yeah, one of the issues that's happened is a bunch of these refugees have gone back to Syria for vacations, and they're coming back into Germany. So a lot of people are saying it could be a lot more than a million, but nobody's giving a specific number.
0: So if it weren't for this issue, if it weren't so dominating... As far as talk and conversation and uh, and uh, interest is concerned in Germany, would the AFD even be a credible thought for for the election tomorrow, or, or would they just be a, an afterthought?
1: They've been after, so they wouldn't even be around. They were actually formed uh, a couple months before the last election in 2013, uh, just because of the Greek bailout, mm-hmm. and that's been the that was the rallying call, and that's what brought them together. If it wasn't for this issue, I don't think they'd be they'd be any contention at all. It would have just fizzled out, and they would have been like the other thirty-two or thirty-four smaller parties that just don't make an impact. Okay, so now, now the interesting thing yeah. too, also about this election is that in Germany they use posters all over the place. And when I was here in twenty thirteen, everybody uh, Angela Merkel's face was everywhere. She was very popular. Now she's not as popular as uh, people. Uh, she's not as popular as she was. But there's nobody better. I mean, the SPD chose a guy called Martin Schultz to be their lead candidate, and he's just been built out. They're barely able to get over 20% of the vote, and a lot of people are saying, you know, he's the Hillary Clinton of this election, and the SPD should have gone with a guy called Sigmund Gabriel uh, as their lead candidate, uh, who would have actually been their Bernie Sanders. Yeah. So it's, um,
0: it, it's, it's the same scenario that... That we see uh, uh, globally. Look, the 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 term that's used in Canada, the Prime Minister repeats it time and again, is diversity is our strength. Would you would that be a term that would be uh, used with the same kind of commitment and enthusiasm by politicians in Germany in this election campaign?
1: In a lot of ways, yes, because they do believe in diversity and they do want them. I mean, like says I met a waitress who was uh, 18 years old when the Berlin Wall fell, and she said, yes, we want open borders. Yes, we're happy to have these migrants come in, but the problem is they're getting five of them in a day looking for work, and they don't speak German, and a lot of them don't want to adapt. I mean, if they want to adapt and help learn German and fit into the economy, that's great, but the ones who are just there for the sake of getting money from the German government and don't want to do anything is what's going on people's nerves. And people are not necessarily happy with what's going on here. There was a poll that says that Germans want some political change, but there's just no change to offer. So there is a frustration. And the other interesting thing is Germany has usually had one of the highest voter turnouts in Europe. And I, just from what I've seen on the streets, a lot of people aren't interested. And I think there's going to be a very low voter turnout tomorrow. Not as, not as low as what we get in Canada, but lower for German standards, which right. is still very high for European standards.
0: So what's going on with the Pegida movement in Germany? That's the, uh, the pro-Russian, anti-immigrant, uh, pro-Vladimir Putin uh, movement. How's, uh,
1: what are they up to? I haven't heard a thing about them. In fact, uh, I mean, I haven't, I, until you mentioned it, I hadn't even remembered they were a party. I don't even know if they were actually registered in this uh, now, I don't think they are a
0: political party, but they were getting like 60, 70, 80,000 people out to their rallies not long ago.
1: Yes, and that's where the AFD has sort of got the right-wing twins from, because a lot of people have gone to the AFD from that perspective, because okay. the parties haven't fizzled out. But then, I've got to tell you, uh, with the whole Russian thing, there's a party uh, in Germany called Die Party. And they're a satirical uh, party. They're the largest of the small parties. They were founded in 2004 by the uh, editors of a satirical magazine called The Titanic. And their mission was to bring back the Berlin Wall. Their mission now, or their statement this year, is to bring back the Berlin Wall, make the East Germans pay for it, and blame everything on Russia.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) you and I will speak tomorrow at about this time. Yep about how things will have turned out in the in the election. We'll know as far as uh, exit polls are concerned, right? We'll start, start yes. to see numbers from the exit polls.
1: And we'll have some basic early results, too, by this time tomorrow. All
0: right, Jeremy, thank you so much for the time.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me.
0: Talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Jeremy Hexham joining us from Berlin. We'll see what happens with the German election tomorrow. When we come back, the uh, World Health Organization... Is making headlines because they've declared the world is running out of antibiotics. We're going to talk to the germ guy, Jason Tetro, Canadian microbiologist. His books are The Germ Code and The Germ Files. That's next.